You're listening to Bridging Realities, an accessible astrology podcast with your host, Eugenia Crock. In this podcast, I work to build a more professional astrology by bridging the seemingly esoteric, scientific, and complicated concepts of astrology into grounded, practical use for empowering yourself and your clients in everyday life. To learn more about the podcast and to find out how you can participate in more intimate conversations about astrology through learning opportunities, getting your chart read, or by joining the Bridging Realities tribe, be sure to visit AccessibleAstrology.com. For now, hop in your earbuds, hit the trail, relax on your commute, or listen wherever you experience your place of peace and ceremony, and enjoy these insights. May they be beneficial in grounding your experiences while reminding you of the brilliance of the gods and the goddesses above. Welcome everyone to episode 77 of Bridging Realities, an accessible astrology podcast. Today is Thursday, July 26th of 2018, and it is eclipse season, and we are in the heart of it. And I ask, how are you feeling? How are you doing? This eclipse is unusual and exciting and scary and all of the emotions we get as as humans. And it seems that this is a time that is showing each one of us our patterns, our unconscious patterns, things that we have been acting out from the stories of our bloodline. These patterns that get handed down generation after generation with us none the wiser. And we wonder why do we choose the relationships we choose? Why do we struggle with work the way we do? Where is the sense of hope Um, why is my life easier than everybody else's? These questions that we have, and we don't know where they come from. They come from our DNA. They come from a lineage of stories that gets passed down through our blood. And this is that time for us to look at it for better or for worse And then look at how we react in our life, how we see it. Is it from a place of anger, a place of fear, a place of hope, a place of gratitude? That is entirely up to you, the viewer of your life. So as I'm recording this introduction today, it's funny because Jupiter is outside throwing down some lightning bolts here in the mountains of Colorado, and it's beautiful. But I find it quite curious because in this episode, we're talking about the goddesses and their role in this upcoming lunar eclipse in Aquarius. And we also just talk about the importance of the goddesses in astrology. So it's funny that Jupiter up there with his god complex is getting mad. Um, Or maybe he's celebrating that this episode is going to focus a lot on his wife and his daughter, his wife being Juno and his daughter being Athena. And there are big roles in this lunar eclipse. 
Athena's part of this, Juno's part of this, and Lilith is part of this. And so this episode, I wanted to honor the element of the goddess in all of this, the mother, the, the feminine experience of holding the child while they feel pain, the feminine experience of observing life, but also the feminine experience of giving our power up to others. In the story of Juno, she has an ongoing power struggle with her husband, God, Jupiter, Zeus, whatever you want to call him. And she loses his, her power to him and unconsciously takes it out on others. And this eclipse is asking us all as women and men, where and when do we give up our power and how do we assert that peacefully in relationship? And how do we honor one another in relationship? And how do both people in the partnership respect one another, empower one another, and go into the boxing ring with a hug at the end? Athena, the daughter of Zeus, the daughter who will do anything for her father, the daughter who becomes strategic and masculine in her approach to life. Yet the daughter who also has incredible intuition, who can speak to anybody, who can get around the world and protect herself and her people. And Athena has been known from time to time to give her power up to her father. She's his messenger after all. And so with our fathers, our, the figures in our life that hold the father energy, a boss, even a mother, how do we respect their wishes, honor their words, and then also make a life for ourselves where we are empowered? And then there's Lilith. And Lilith, the archetype of the rebel chick, the gal who says, you know what? This isn't the Garden of Eden. I'm not buying that. And she leaves. She leaves the Garden of Eden to find something more realistic. And so I ask all of you to consider these feminine archetypes in this lunar time, this Aquarius lunar eclipse. This isn't just about the sun and the moon and the nodes and Uranus and Mars retrograde and Mercury retrograde, although all of those men play a significant role. But this time, this lunar eclipse, I ask us to honor the feminine. What is her role at this time? To hold the space to step up into power without disempowering the other. To speak her voice and pray that that voice will be heard and honored. The feminine that holds the space for change. In today's episode, I bring back 
to Bridging Realities, the lovely alley couch of Cosmo Muse to discuss the importance of environmental themes associated to the zodiacal seasons, the importance, of course, of the goddess and the feminine in our charts, and to discuss Cosmo Muse, this beautiful publication that Ali has brought to the world. And the cover of it is so interesting. It, it reminds me a lot of the archetype of Ceres, the mother. And we discover in the bonus episode that Ali has a very strong Ceres in her chart. And it's amazing how it showed up on the cover of her publication. And it's a beautiful publication that you get to follow the seasons with and set intentions for cycles and a journal, like almost an astrological journal in a sense. And we'll talk more about that in this episode. And if it's something you find interesting, um, please get a copy. You'll get 15% off at her store, cosmomuse.com, if you use the coupon code Bridging Realities. And so I'm so grateful that Allie is helping sponsor the podcast now and her publication. And this is the story of that um, inception of what a beautiful piece of art work. And on another note, before we get into the episode, I want to take a minute to sincerely thank every single one of you who has shown your support for me during this time. I've gotten messages, emails, you guys have been liking the podcast on iTunes and leaving reviews, which is so kind and so helpful. A lot of you have joined the tribe and booked readings and shown your support that way. Some of you have invited me to your cities to talk in, about astrology with your friends and you know, from around the world, I've gotten this invitation. And I'm just honestly so blown away by the response to me sharing vulnerably. And it's so healing for me to have this experience of saying to you, my audience, I need help. And you guys responding with such love and kindness and support. And I want to thank you. You know, I oftentimes, I, and I know I'm not alone. I oftentimes wonder why am I doing this, right? Why do I have this podcast? Why do I do this work? And I'm reminded very much so what the answer of that is now you know, when someone puts out a podcast or puts out a YouTube channel or puts out, you know, things on Instagram or whatever it is, or just simply makes art and has it hung in a gallery, it's us as humans processing our life's experience. And it's creative and it's scary because of that. There's a honesty in it and a vulnerability in it. And I know that I do this work and I put myself out there because I know it helps people. And in such a challenging time, like the one I'm having right now, where my head can go spinning in a thousand directions and questioning this and wondering why and, you know, reviewing my life in a very important way, you know, because of this lunar eclipse, because of this time in, in astrology. It's amazing when I get to help someone during that process because it reminds me why I'm here to serve humanity and why we're all here ultimately. And that service can look so many different ways, even if it's just 
talking to a friend on the, the phone and making their day better. That's a service. And when we are vulnerable, we can serve each other, I think, possibly better. And you are all a testament to that. And I just want to thank you so much, truly, from the bottom of my heart. And a big shout out to the new tribe members. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have the tribe growing, which is a group of people who contribute $10 a month to the work I'm doing in this world. And I gift you back bonus episodes for all of these episodes. And also now in video, so you can actually watch the episodes if you'd like. And I prefer to do that because it's more confidential in the bonus episodes and things of that nature. And um, I want to keep it in the tribe. So you can watch these episodes there as well. And patreon.com backslash bridging realities is the best way to find it. And um, so I want to just thank Robin and Robin, Wendy, Stevie, Richard, Megan, Carol, Diana, Vonder, and Aaron. Welcome to the tribe. I'm so grateful for your support and I hope you'll get a lot out of the extra information I'm giving out. And thank you all of you who also started the podcast and you know subscribed and did all those things. Thank you. That is such an amazing way to support me just by scrolling down on the podcast app for iTunes and clicking the stars. It's just um, very, very sweet and generous as a thank you, Eugenia, for for what it is you're doing. And it makes me feel good. (laughs) And it makes me want to keep doing this and keep serving all of you. So I think I've talked enough at this intro, uh, but I just want all of you and myself included to just honor the feminine during this time. And enjoy this episode, this feminine chat, and enjoy the bonus episode where we will go into the charts a little bit more. So much love to all of you during this amazingly powerful time of cleansing and building new. I love you all so very much. All right, Allie, welcome back to Bridging Realities. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me again. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. I'm excited to share your work with the world again. I love your work in this world. So um, why don't you, I, I did a little introduction for you at the beginning of the episode, but why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your involvement with astrology? Uh, Yeah, so I started about 19 years ago, Um, a friend's mother read my chart, and that was kind of my introduction. And it just, I don't know, something about it captured my heart, and I just never stopped playing with it. And I don't know, in the last several years, I've taken a more, um, I guess, professional dive into it rather than it being this side passion hobby. And have really found that in shifting that focus to, you know, practicing it in the world and talking about it in the world, um, my connection to it is really deeply connected to the seasonal approach and, um, you know, how the, like, I'm very connected to the sun and the moon and their rhythms and patterns. And, you know, so obviously that connects to the seasons. I love all of it, but those are, those are the things that I just 
can't get enough of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. I think that being in that intimate relationship with nature and space Mm -hmm. is, it's like the, you know, I've been talking about this a lot recently because I've just had like a big change in my life. And, and when we have those big shifts in our life, where's that soft place you land. And Mm -hmm. for me, it really is into the cosmos because it's, I, I always know where the moon is. I, you know, I always know where the sun is. I know, always know where the different planets are from time to time. And that relationship that I've built with them personally in my own time at night, especially at night, it's such an interesting relationship at night to have, you know, when you're alone and you can just look up and, and yeah. kind of resonate with the planets and, and there are anywhere in the world you go, you can see these things and that's really mm-hmm. exciting. And it's a nice soft place to land astrology you know? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like the timing with the moon of setting intentions, the more mystical feminine aspect I'm really getting into. Um, and it, you know, it's interesting, even in the last couple of months, I've noticed that I'm better understanding like why I'm going to see the moon in the afternoon and kind of lower on the equator, you know, than, yeah you know, those are just things I didn't really connect to when I first was uh, diving into astrology. And that's, that's more where I'm connected to it now is actually like watching it and living it and practicing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so the first publication you had of Cosmos, we had you on the podcast. Uh, Danielle, my co-host at the time, found you, and we were blown away by what you were doing. And mm-hmm. if anyone wants to listen back, it's episode thirty-nine. And we haven't had on you on the, or haven't had you on the episodes since. And so, I just wanted to talk to you about this current publication because it's amazing. It's gorgeous. And I have an article in it, which is really exciting. I'm going to read an excerpt from it, um, this episode, just to give people an idea. But when you had reached out to me, you talked about the goddess theme, of course, and that's my shtick. I'm into the gals in astrology. So tell me a little bit about this particular guide. You know, I know you talked about it in the other episode, but what brings you to want to do this and what inspired this year's theme? And for patrons mm-hmm. listening or watching this, this is the publication here. It's this beautiful photo of this goddess walking through a field. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I'll, I'll show you a little bit more on the video, but what, what do you think of, tell, tell us about it. <laughs> what do you think about it? <laughs> um, so the first one we did was very, it was, it was kind of like the nice intro. What is seasonal astrology? And it was clean and, um, a little bit more to the point. Um, but really the root of like why I even started this publication, it's a yearly thing we put out. Um, is so I have a ton of Virgo in my chart in my 10th house so I really want people to understand how to use astrology as a lifestyle and how it can be useful and how is it a tool and um you know you read different guides or horoscopes um which are lovely and we do some of that but I I wanted something that was uh that you could really incorporate so much more into intentional living. So 
that's how it was born. So it's very, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the backbone of it is um, the sun and moon and how those are affecting us through each zodiac season, which, you know, I'm sure most people listening to this know there's 12, but in case you don't. Um, yeah, so the first one was really fun. We had good success. Um, you know, it was just, it was fun to see how people connected to us and uh, what we could do different and better. So in this one, we just decided to really dive into, um, instead of kind of, the hard thing with this guide is you want it to feel fresh and new every time, but you're kind of talking about some of the same things in each season. So we really, really focused on some of the bigger uh, larger arcs happening throughout the year and how to live each season plugging into those bigger picture, um, you know, cosmic energies that are happening. And um, so we focused on, um, you know, the number two numerologically is what's ruling us right now until January and then the year of the earth dog. So we kind of plug other systems in as well. Um, and then obviously Jupiter is in Scorpio currently. Um, there's some really deep uh, just transits and um, patterns playing out. So we wanted to plug into that uh, that need to kind of reflect more, do some more inner work this year. So it's a little bit heavier than last year. This one is, but... It seems to be hitting hitting the, the right nerve for a lot of people. It seems to uh, be connecting to a lot of that deep reflective work people are doing. And even you see it in the U.S. just dragging up our histories and what's really down there, what's in the roots. Um, so that's kind of where this current guide is coming in. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely the case. <laughs> Not a single person that I have connected with in the last few weeks hasn't expressed a form of I'm coming to a very clear understanding about what's been driving me and it's not mine anymore and I want to choose a different path this isn't this isn't the right direction and it's it's very inspiring to know that everybody in the world is going through a a colonic, so to speak, and really just getting rid of the shit. <laughs> and, and so we can be so clear for, especially once Jupiter moves into Sag, which I hope will be great. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think my, it it's my uh, chart ruler. So I'm hoping oh, <laughs> it kind of brings nice. more clarity for me, but yeah. Um, but yeah, and then another thing I should mention is the first one we did, we aligned it with the Gregorian calendar. So the, you know, the new year, January 1st. And this one, we just realized we're talking about astrological seasons. We need to start with the first sign. So we started it at spring equinox of the Aries season, and it goes until the next Aries season of 2019. So mm. um, yep. yeah, so we're very much so aligned to the astrological calendar in this one. Which is wonderful, yeah. right? And we are recording this as the sun has now officially moved into Leo. And that's why yeah. I thought it'd be a great time to bring you onto the podcast as I get to contribute an article to the Leo season, which I'm so excited to do. And my contribution to it is about the goddess energies. And 
I want to bring up the goddess energies. I've done it before. I will continue to do it forever because they get passed over. I even pass them over on this podcast too many times, but it's important to, to, to understand why you decided to have me contribute, why you decided to bring this goddess theme in and what is your relationship to working with these these, these gals, you know, I focused the article on Athena, Juno, Vesta, and, um, uh, uh, who's the other one? Um, Juno, Vesta, series, series. series. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm, I'm curious how you work with them and, and what your thoughts are on these gals and why you wanted to bring them into the publication. Yeah, you know, I started getting familiar with them maybe a year before that first podcast we did did with you. And Mm -hmm. my introduction to you really, um, I don't think I had connected with another astrologer really diving deep into them. So you really inspired some of that um, deeper commitment to learn about them. So thank you. (laughs) Um, For me, I am still in the mode of really observing them and how they connect into my chart. Um, You know, for me, that takes time. I'm very organic with it. I want to see my son pass each of them and what that means and watching when one of them passes over my moon or, you know, when they're making different aspects to my chart. So it's taking time for me to really connect with them. so I, I do not yet bring them into personal readings unless I know I've felt what I think this other person might be feeling with them because I want to understand and know that I'm talking about it correctly. So in my chart, I have um, a strong series and a very strong um, Athena. She's connected to my ascendant. So for me, that resonates. I'm definitely a dad's girl. I mean, I'm a mom's girl too, but I take after my dad completely. Um, I'm a little bit more reasoned. Um, I definitely use my intuition strategically. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, series for me, I really, <laughs> I might take this somewhere that most astrologers would disagree with me. But I really, so I have a ton of Virgo in my chart, my son included, and I really passionately feel like she has huge connection, maybe co-rulership for Virgo Mm -hmm. and um, just this massive connection to seasons and cycles and um, that kind of timing of our processes and years. And yeah, so I have a pretty strong relationship to series in my own way. She's huge. I mean, she's mm-hmm. literally the hugest of them astronomically. True, true. <laughs> um, but she, you know, she plays such a massive role in mythology, but she quite literally represents the mother. And the mother is a huge character in our mm-hmm. lives. And when we think about series, we think about the relationship to, to our own mother and the relationship to possibly our children and, and just the idea of nurturing. And interestingly, I think Ceres co-rules Scorpio. Interesting. Uh, because her and Pluto are in this very interesting mm-hmm. dynamic with one another. And there's a lot of 
you know, they've taken back and forth the daughter and the underworld and back up and the cycle of plant growth and the need for the nourishment in the winter and the root system and the transformative thing when Persephone goes back into the underworld. And I really, really see her co-ruling Virgo as well in many respects. And and at this point we need, you know, female co-rulers for all of them. So she can co-rule two signs. Why Why not? not? Um, (laughs) but I, she's very deep and, you know, she's, she's very much about our relationship with food and that is a scorpionic relationship. You know, Mm. most people don't even understand their own relationship to food and, and why do we kill and murder and destroy each other is for survival is for food. And Mm -hmm. why do we try to procreate and, and have sex, you know, is to, to continue the species and this kind of survival, power struggle element of of Scorpio I find to be really related it's a series response to that interesting um, so just two thoughts so yeah. for the patrons watching this this is the little excerpt I'm going to read just a little bit of my article from the publication um, just to give people an idea and this is just one little snippet of my article, but there's many articles in here, many beautiful authors, poets, like you spoke of. This is very much a piece of art, this publication, but just to give you an idea. So when I was a little girl and studied the planets for a few weeks in elementary school, I was disinterested. Why should I care about a bunch of planets named after gods? At the time, of course, I didn't really think about it. I was more consumed with friends, boys, and imaginary play. As an adult, I have often contemplated how could a little girl with no interest in space or planets become so inspired by astrology and the cosmos as an adult woman. For me, it comes down to the story and the archetype that was never discussed in class. The story that resonated deeply in my bones and was created to help me understand my present experience. The story of the ever-present feminine, such as Juno, Ceres, Athena, Vesta, Eris, Sedna, Isis, and many more. Have you ever noticed that out of all primary planets, only one is named after a woman, a goddess, a feminine archetype? And of all the goddesses they could have chosen to name planets after, they chose Venus. The goddess of love is the only one they came up with, the one with the rocking body and the Botticelli hair that is desired by everyone. And that's it, as if that's the only experience that the feminine has. And it goes on and it goes on into to the, the elements of these gals and how important I think they are in astrology. But you really have to think about it. You really have to think about how did the one major representative of the planets end up being the sexy, sultry goddess of love, not the like vengeful, you know, goddess of jealousy or, you know, the goddess of chaos and discord or the goddess of all of the, the emotions that the, that the feminine goes through. There's a goddess that represents that experience. And that's the only one represented in our collective consciousness which to me shows us something. And it's not that the planets have been named after the Roman gods forever. Nobody owns the names to the planets, but we're under Roman rules still, you know, with like you've talked about the Greco-Roman calendar and, you know, a lot of the, the mathematics we're using and a lot of the measurements we're using go back to Roman times and Roman philosophies. And so we say, oh, well, that planet is Jupiter, but that planet has been named a lot of different things over a lot of, um, time in a lot of years. 
And arguably they've been named after feminine archetypes in the past. And so, so while we, we practice Western astrology, it's really important for us to remember that yes, the planets are primarily named after dudes, but it's really important to not leave out the experience of the non-dudes, which is everybody else, all the women in the world. And we really resonate with these archetypes and we resonate with this process of processing, right? You know, processing is the thing to do. I was just at a girlfriend's house the other night and we talked for seven hours straight without a thought about it. And, you know, uh, her partner he couldn't hang, right? He could hang for a solid like 30 minutes of that conversation. And so there's this element of the feminine experience of processing. And this book is a really amazing tool to help one do that. Because in the back, there are these opportunities to look at the, the moon cycles, the moon stages, and kind of really help you set intentions and and keep that process open during the the zodiacal year, which of course does start in the spring. So, sorry. Oh, I just wanted to say, and you know, in your season, um, you know, Eugenia really uh, goes through these four goddesses and kind of what they mean. And she asks some good questions to think about to help you connect with them, which is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, they're really great questions and they really kind of help you see some maybe aspects of yourself that um, maybe you haven't really considered or put any time into before. So absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, one of the reasons I'm curious to just bring in the goddess conversation to, to the podcast again, because I've done it quite a few times, but I, I want to do it more, but there's a lot of talk about this eclipse season and you know, it's a big one. We've got three eclipses, blah, blah, blah. We love to overdo this shit in astrology, don't we? But <laughs> nevertheless, it's it's eclipse season. And eclipse season is fucking nuts and crazy. And they say this one is particularly crazy because of the interplay with Uranus and some other kind of elements in the sky. But the interesting thing about the lunar eclipse on July 27th is the interplay of actually Lilith, which I'm not a as big of a fan of, I'm not going to lie. She's like a sub fan of mine. Like I'm a sub fan of hers. I like her, but there's so many Liliths in the sky that astronomically, I find it hard to, to sort out which one I prefer. Uh, so I don't use her big time. However, Athena is a part of, of this eclipse. And, and so is Juno. Juno is squaring the, the eclipse on the 27th. And this is these two incredibly righteous babes and they are you know one is the daughter of god zeus and one is the wife and if if the godlike archetype of our world is shifting as it is the goddesses are it's time to step up and this is what is happening in the collective consciousness this is you know, the future is female, all of the things that we've, we've known about for a while. But this eclipse in particular, I think is asking us to really look at the wife, the daughter, the woman who lets her power, relinquishes her power to the man in both cases. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a cry or a call or a 
opportunity with this eclipse season for women specifically and men within their feminine experience to take back that that power of of play right the power play between men and women might actually be at the crux of all of our issues really um man versus <laughs> woman on this planet it's still you know it's a big it's a big thing isn't it but how can women in their own right become equitable in their sense of owning their own power with their partners with their um children with with their coworkers etc and i think that that's going to be a big element of the eclipse what it's inviting us to look at. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if there's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Another um, kind of reason I really wanted to dive into the feminine with, um, with this guide is um, numerologically entering into the 2000 millennia that's ruled by the moon and the feminine and the yin. And I do feel like wow. there's something about that that is kind of waking up the feminine consciousness, the yin, you know, and everyone, you know, the males have yin, whatever gender you identify as you have a yin part right. to you. And I just, you know, it's very apparent that it's waking up. And right. so it's interesting to see people taking these goddess asteroids more seriously now. And um, just giving the respect to the yin qualities that's been lacking for a long time, mm-hmm. intuition, instincts, uh, roots of things, nurturing, whereas that's been seen as sort of like the sub kind of, you know, what you do at home and it's a little bit weak and, you know, it's respected to an extent, but there's so much power in it and there's so much wisdom in it. And I think, you know, I feel it waking up. I feel especially the younger generations really tapping into that. So it's, I think it's important right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think again, just the, the feminine's role to be able to hold space is needed, mm-hmm. you know, and during transition and transformation on the planet and and valuing just like literally doing nothing from time to time. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the process of putting, you know, qualitative stuff out is honoring the times of decompression, of death, of transition, of nurturing. Absolutely. And when you do that, everything is a little bit more holistic and better. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though it's slower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this partnership that you and I have going forward. We are, you know, Ali is so kind to help sponsor the podcast uh, going mm. forward. And for all of you who are wanting to get your hands on this publication, a couple of things. One is it's awesome. So you'll love it. Kind of like the last one. It's just one of these that you want to leave on your coffee table because it's so good looking, uh, is the kind of vibe of Cosmo Muse. So it's helpful for this year and kind of to go through your process with astrology, but it's actually something you can really turn back to in the future, you know, that you can use as a contemplative, 
guide for your journey going forward. So that's something that I really like about it. And if any of my listeners are interested in purchasing it, just use the coupon code at the store, Bridging Realities. And can you give them the the place that they can go to get Cosmo Muse? It's at the beginning of the episode, but I'd love for you to tell them where they can find it. Yeah, currently online on our um, our little online shop, you can get it. So go to www.cosmomuse.com. And you'll see up in just the header, um, the navigation bar, there's a shop and it's pretty obvious you'll see it. Um, In that shop where you buy the item, you can also see a list of stockists. So sometimes it's in your city, but you get a good discount through this. So do it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just using coupon code bridging realities and you'll get 15% off of the publication. And, uh, and I just wanted to make sure you got on the the line alley and, you know, people could get to know you a little bit better Thank uh, you. because people want to know who's behind these things. You know, I know I'm terrible at putting my face out there. I don't like, I'm a Virgo. I don't like the spotlights. How funny. How funny. So I'm trying. (laughs) You're a, oh, oh, you have Jupiter. Wait, no. Yeah. You have the Uranus Scorpio as well. I find that that's part of the, the whole thing, the Uranus Scorpio group of you. There's, there's a part Mm. of you guys that just wants to like stay in the, in the hiding (laughs) of it all. (laughs) So that's very interesting. And and in the bonus episode for patrons, we're going to go into this with more depth. Actually, we're going to look at Ali's chart. We're going to look at my chart. We're going to look at the chart of July 27th lunar eclipse and, and just have a more candid conversation about looking at the actual charts. And I, I choose to do this information with the patrons because it's a very confidential space. Everybody's agreed to be confidential with the information but it'll give you more learning lessons to kind of see my chart versus Ali's chart and, and then to see the the general chart right now. And you can, we'll start to feel into the astrology of those elements. So, so Ali, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Do you have any last thoughts or feelings or anything like that? No, I'm just excited to be here. Thank you. So, awesome. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, um, for those of you who want to hear the rest of it, just pop on over to patreon.com backslash bridging realities, 10 bucks a month. You get the bonus episode, live Q and A's with moi. And, uh, and we're actually going to have these, these episodes on video. If you want to watch them that way in the Patreon group as well. So Ali, I'll see you on the other side for the bonus episode. For those of you, uh, just checking in for the week. I will talk to you soon next week. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you received valuable information, be sure to subscribe to Bridging Realities on iTunes. And I would love if you left me some stars and a good review. For more information about this episode and past episodes, and to find out more about learning opportunities, the Bridging Realities Tribe, or to book a reading, please visit AccessibleAstrology.com. Thank you all so much, and I love you.